Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It gives me a great deal of pleasure to welcome you to this performance of Lenny Bruce at Carnegie Hall. The one thing I'd like to say about the label of a sick comedian, which I think is a misnomer, what Lenny does perhaps as a, uh, as a short explanation to the people who don't understand what he does, it is not that Lenny Bruce per se is a sick comedian, but that Lenny Bruce comments, reflects, holds up the mirror, so to speak, to the sick elements in our society that should be reflected upon and that should be spoken about. And so at this time, ladies and gentlemen, Lenny Bruce. Cool it. Like, I was, I was like doing a milking thing, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> you should take my point of view here, man. It's like uh, every dumb old RKO movie, you know. Yeah, it's a golden horseshoe, you know. Yeah, there's people with a lorgnette looking at me. Yeah, it's good. You know, working Carnegie Hall was like, uh, I dig it, you know. It's a f but I had a lot of fantasies with it, you know. Two great fantasies. One, he introduces me and I come out with a violin and I just cook <laughs> But for an hour, man, every Stravinsky heavy, and I don't say a word, Zugnish and I split, you know. You know, what was that, man? I don't know, it's a concert, he played a violin, man. I, he didn't do any bits, no, man. He just swaled his ass with a violin. No, yeah, okay. Now, number two fantasy is that, uh, it says it's the 12 o'clock scene. Maybe the people who own this place don't even know we're here. Right? Yeah, you got a guy who's like a, a good corrupt janitor, you know? All right, but don't make no noise and clean up after you finish, right? That's it, right? That's it, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Now, I had two, I, I was in Miami, see, and I got two concerts to make. Uh, Last night is Philadelphia, and then here. So now I leave Philly, I'm gonna make a three o'clock, oh yeah, no, I gotta make a three o'clock Eastern Airline, which will get me into Philadelphia at seven o'clock, and I can make the concert. Okay, now I get a call at the hotel, Eastern Airlines is calling, and I go, uh-oh, must be it. All the flights have been canceled. I said, no, I gotta be there, and that's well, there's one flight, they're going to go to, uh, they're not going to land at Philadelphia, you can't land there, but they're going to go to Boston or Montreal. <laughs> we'll be in Boston at 5.55. I figure that's cool. What I'll do is I'll charter a plane from there, you know, so I'll still make it. I get there at the airport now, it's about 6.30, and I want to charter a plane. No, it's ice and sleet and, I said, no, man, there'll be some guy, I don't care, I want to make it, man. How much is it? Well, for a twin engine, the charter is like $200. Yeah. So now I really got frantic, $200, $600, where actually, then I ended up offering the guy a grand, man, $1,000. I like, gotta make it, I gotta be there, and I got two hours to go. Gotta be in Philly. You can't, I don't think you can't, and then I realized this was a classic example of the flamboyant times we're living in. I don't care if it's sleet, anything, I wanna make it, man. But, Hail Caesar! Uh, yeah, the lions come out now, fressing up, and yeah, yeah. 
You'd really flip now. Open the doors! That wasn't funny already. Eight, three kids, that was terrible. Right. Now I can't get anyone to make a move, man. And I, and I said, you mean to tell me that, no, man, it's suicide. And I was serious with the cat. I said, well, just take me over and I'll bail, I'll give me a parachute and I'll bail out there. So the guy said, well, have you ever made it for us? No, what is it to do, man? Just go, that's all. Man. Well, you can't do that because uh, you never did it before. I was, well, every cat who did it never did it before. It's not an academic thing. As you, you know, any schlubbo pap and you make it, that's all. So now it's getting, and I really can't believe that I'm not going to make it. You know, I know something will happen. Now it's about an hour to go. And I see, I blew my cool. I can't make it. Now. Blew my cool, and I'm going to lose two grand, too. So. So now I see, okay, now I just can't make it. Now it's like half hour. I know I'm not going to make it. Man. Blew the concert. Now I got to get a train to come here. I thought, oh, I know it. The train's going to be the dopey blue velvet seats and cigar smoke and, and a cheese sandwich with a dot of mustard there. You know. <laughs> and the train took 11 hours, man. And conductors, you see, already it's very bourgeois to even fly now. Yeah, 15 years ago, a real status symbol, you know, flying. But now any schlubbo, like, can make any... F really, man? Yeah, that's cool. I can hear you. It's obvious I'm looking at you, man, so I'm relating to you. Mmm, what a hang-up. What is it? Is it like, uh, the, well, why don't you... How am making the second bow? Is it Paco at the second bow? Yeah, it's a jig. Why do you sit way up there? Is it that much less bread? <laughs> no, 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 I don't want that. That's forget. That's like, no, there was no spritz, though. I meant that, man. Like, it's a, uh, what, what, what is the taste? What was the scene? How much bread did you have to, you, to get, get in here? 480. So, that's a beautiful Brooklyn hoodlum Fox Fabian sound, right? That's <laughs> us yelling in the night. I was a movie yeller, yeah. Yeah, it's but if I am not getting through, I want it to you, man. I want you to hear me. Oh, you schmuck, of course you can hear me because you yell too much. The hell, that's a, yeah, just trying to, too much, and it's a good, vicious putzo who just wants to yell. Oh, you lost me completely, because I really had Rachmanis, and I said, uh, you didn't hear me, I want you to hear me. But you heard that, yeah. So you just, no, forget it then. Don't jump and make trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, so I'm bored. So anyway, so I made this scene tonight. Okay, now Miami, dig this. Huh? It's, you'd assume because of the weather that they are making a lot of bread, but no, man. It's ghost town. Economically, that town has had it. There's about five hotels in the hands of the receivers, and I started thinking, what happened to Miami? How come it's not making it anymore? Because my grandmother is dead. And I searched that out. That generation it was in, it was chic. But no more. Miami is not the place to go. And that's what happened to it. And they're really scuffling, like old Jewish women are mugging Cubans, man. <laughs> yeah, hiding behind doors. Bang. Now, it's a drag that I can't... Now, I brought some things out to show you, see? But, and then I realized, well, you can't see that far, you know. But I'm not lying here, so it's really the truth. They, this is uh... Now, there's a newspaper down there. This is going to crack up for this. Now, there's four hotels that are in the hands of the receivers down there. 
and it's really a depression city. Now, if there's four hotels that are just boxed out, would you say that this gangster, kidnapper, had any concept of economics? If the hotels are worth nothing, this schmuck kidnapped a hotel owner. <laughs> hotel owner kidnapped. So I figured the guy's, he says, we should love it, like he kidnaps losers, Bobby Breen, uh, kidnaps junkies, you know. And he goes, no, you don't understand, they have to have money. No, if you're just Keaton, you're just worthless crap, he just kidnaps, you know. Don't you understand? They have to be worth some. No, if you keep them, they'll give you money. I read a book somewhere. All right. Now you want the sub? The sub is the end. This is how bad business is. They had to free the guy to raise his own ransom. Is that too much? What is that? Something like they had a guy there, you know, said, You mean to tell me that you can't raise $50,000? Say, ain't got no. If I had, I'd give you man. You can't, I ain't got, all right, we'll take 10 cents on a dollar then. <laughs> I haven't got it. All right, schmuck, give us gas money, something, man. He says, I ain't got me, and that's all. All right, so they, all day long making phone calls, you know, real desperate moves, like calling ex-son-in-laws, you know, like, a, hello, that Manny, this is Paul, I'm stuck downtown. Uh, guy kidnapped me, and they went $50,000, they're gonna kill me. So whatever you can come up with. What do you take off for $500? They'll cripple me for life. $200 for loss of one limb. $50 for an eye. Yeah, it gets to be a blue crush stick, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Now you come on and on and on and on. So now they, to, for them to free him, it had to be a scene where, you know, uh, you're going to come back? Yeah, I'll come back. You know the address? You got a clean handkerchief? Yeah, just relays out and out and out. No. When Don Friedman introduced me, he said, oh, he holds up to mirror the part of our society that is decadent. And I'm really getting on this plateau of thinking. There's no right and wrong. Just m my right, your wrong, and vice versa. Because if there was any right or wrong, then we'd assume that, okay, here we go. Uh, beautiful Americans, and the invincible, beautiful Russians and the Frenchmen and the Englishmen are together and just love each other in unity, fighting against a group that is wrong, a group that is against everything good in our society, against every beautiful Christian concept, anything that really cooks. And this group wanted to do them in. This bad group, the Italians. <laughs> That's it, man. Just wrong for that minute. Yeah, but then it cooks and then the Russians got rank and that's all I'd seen there. So there's no, it's just a... Uh, if I'm in Cuba, you dig, and I get a lot of bread, and Castro wants a text, and he said, okay, you got a lot of bread, and there's poor people, and you're gonna give five grand. I said, no, man, I don't like you. Don't touch my money. He said, I wanna give it, no, man, let me be Christ. I'm gonna lay the bread on him. But don't you disperse my money, then I don't like Castro. But if I haven't got any bread, and he's a savior then, even a promised frigate something, man, then I love him, then he's right. But like Guantanamo Bay, which is a, Heavy base, worth a lot of bread. Now, I need that base, and it's going to push to shove. I'm going to grab it. But when I do grab Guantanamo Bay, I'm not going to get hung up on any moral issue. I'm right. No, I'm not concerned when I'm right. I need, that's all. Because if the situation reversed, and years ago, Florida was the last taste we left England as a base. Right? So now, 100 years later, I got to, listen, uh, what are the English still doing in Florida? 
Get him out of there, man. I don't want him there. Well, we signed a treaty with who, schmuck? That was a hundred years ago. I'm a copper walk and get out, man, that's all. And I would brush him like that, you know. So the same thing is going to go Guantanamo Bay, you know. We, no, you don't have to get hungry. You signed a treaty. You need it, that's all, and grab it. But don't say you're right in grabbing it. Because we were the antecedents to any Nazi purging. Because like, in Florida, I got the Seminole Indians. It's ours. For how much? Get out of here and go to the swamps. And the Iroquois, yeah, you schmucky born hours. Get out of here, man. Creep. What do you mean your land? What do you got to show me it's yours, man? And that's all. We did all the Indians in. Man. And when you get to morals, it's just your morals, man. And even, not even morals, the mores. Because we got uh, the Romans, right? We're all Romans and we're all correct. We've got a good government. We have, uh, yeah, our whole judicial system is really an art form, sculpt. We're beautiful people. Now, there's one group in this Roman society that is correct. Now, this group is against everything that's good. This group are called Christians. Now, what do we do with the Christians? There's only one thing that is correct and moral to do them. Throw them to the lions. Now, as rough as segregation gets, boy, lion pressing, that's, uh, yeah. I'd rather be schlepped away from a lunch counter any day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a definite quantitative difference between, you know, being refused the right to service or served as refuse, you know. No, don't make it. But the Romans, we're correct and we're right and we're going to do this thing. The Romans paid a lot of dues. Now, Christians, they paid heavy dues, man, right? Okay. In this city, okay, Romans paid dues, Christians paid dues. Negro paid a lot of dues in the, city. in the city. The three of them have come into their own economically, which is the whole scene, always economics, right? So you got Christians, Romans, Negroes in this town, and they're really all cool. You'd figure they would bite their tongues before they'd ever say the Puerto Ricans are moving in, man. What is that? Didn't they hear the Christians are moving in, the Jews are moving in? Now, I'm of a Semitic background, Jewish, right? and I, let's see, I'm 35, so I got a chance to taste about 30% of the Negro dues. Um, segregated housing, schooling, the only colleges you could make with CCNY. Circumcised citizens of New York. Antisemitic, that's it, man. Yeah, heavyweight Jew. Now, today, there's no uh, problem being Jewish at all, man. No, because it's, it's in, economically, they all, and so it, there's, no, there's no hassle at all. Man. But then, yeah, you go through all the stages of being Jewish, you know, with the defense of what time's it? Yeah, I'm Jewish. <laughs> and then when you're really uh, in the service, 1942, and you're drug being Jewish, man. Yeah, you don't dig it at all, you know. I'll say, hey, Jew boy. <clears throat> so then you're, what nationality? American. Yeah, you go through that. So then you go through the dopey thing of, you know, Jewish is a religion. Any crap rationalization. Yeah. So any Jew in 1942 said, he could say that, uh, I am proud, but not, I'm, as soon as the guy, I'm glad I'm a Jew, he's like, shit, forget it, man. Who can be glad? Unless well, a masochist, that's all. Must be schlepped around. You can say I'm proud, which means I've made a good adjustment, but that's all. That's all you can say, yeah. So now, you've got uh, a dopey cliche, uh, like, would you want your sister to marry one of them? Which, see, has, there's no logic there, see. Because uh, we have, you know, how do we get all the things here from a graph, the law, what's specific and generality? So when you say, I don't want sister to marry one of them, you gotta tell me which sister, which one of them? Because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, and it's a complete non sequitur. 
Because if I talk to a member of the Ku Klux Klan, I say, well, let's see, um, you're 35 years old and you're unmarried, you're white and you're an attractive man, and I looked at your record here, you're good to your family, uh, good to your children, you've got a uh, good war record in you seem to be an asset. What is that? Did you hear that? I hope you heard it. What was that? Was it weird? Dig is some guy's playing a piano backstage. Yeah, but he don't know he's going to... Know what he said? He said, you, no, because Dick, Don. No, he said, you gotta get close to the mic, you know. But no, that's what I, the objection I had to you. You were like, you're This is set up for violins. Maybe if I talk like that. Yeah, it's for a high impedance sound. Yeah. Oh, God. I've done a cursed thing. I am different now. It's Andrew Stone in Freakoscope. Boom, boom, boom. We dare you. Bring a doctor with you. Spook 12 midnight show. Bring my friend. Those kind of guys, if you could finally dig, they just like to smell their arms. So that's it. All right, now. Ku Klux Klan, okay. So all right, now look. I'm going to give you a choice. Own free will of marrying a black woman or a white woman, two chicks about the same ages, same economic level, and you make the choice. We gotta marry, whatever marriage means to you, kissing and hugging and sleeping in a single bed on hot nights, 15 years with a black, black woman, or 15 years with a white, white woman. Kissing and hugging that black, black woman, or the white, white, make a choice between the black woman and the white woman, because the white woman is Kate Smith. The black woman is Lena Horne. Now, if I can show your sister the parallel between a Charles Lawton and a Harry Belafonte, you're into the toilet. If I can show 12 million classic Sydney portiers, opposed to 12 million Orson Welles gobbles spitting in. So then you gotta be specific and always say which one of them, and you can't generalize, man, at all. Unless you're that, you know. People think people little eyes are sneaky with long fingers, artistic, and that crap. Man. Yeah. I believe in pure science, past hypothesis, man. You gotta show me through testing and testing, like what cooks with it. But yet, see, I know that that's why I structure it. So the guy in the Ku Klux Klan, he's probably a very down guy, man, in his area. And it's correct for him, but incorrect for me, man because probably I identify with getting schlepped around. Yeah. Now, columnists who get drugged with me, I used to get really forbidden. and they started thinking, no man, it's not that. Uh, I just come from a different generation and I started to think that the people I relate best to, since my language is completely larded with hip idiom, Yiddish idiom, so whether the word is either dig, bread, or cool, or, or Jewish words of forbidden, or completely erudite, pedant, words like euphemistic, anthropomorphistic. So then it, which, each one goes, what's that mean? What's schmuck mean? What's bread mean? What's that mean? It gets to be, what's that mean? The whole, what's that mean? What's pots mean? What's bread mean? What's cool mean? What's that mean? What's that mean? What's, 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 what's that mean? You know? So if he's a, what's it mean? Yeah. 
with exception of perhaps that group over 45 that relates because of business to a younger group, I will lose them because the most erudite guy, all I have to do is hit one word that'll send him off. Like, uh, what does bread mean? What's pot mean? What's that mean? And then he just missed the whole. Bup, bup, bup. And I lost him. So I started thinking that I am going to make it so that people between 20 and 40, that's my audience, and I really cook, man. I will take on 50 burls, 50 mozzarella, 8 Shelly Burmans, and Bob Newhart and Knafkos, and put them here, here, and there. I cut anybody in that area. Yeah. But now I'm going to go to another scene. So you know what I'm going to do, Dick? I'm going to have a thing where nobody over 40 is allowed to come in to see me. I have a sign-up, man. You have to explain it. They have white only, that's all. Nobody over 40. We can't go in? No, it's all. You can sit in the car, someone can tell you about it, but you can't come in. <laughs> and they have to have IDs. Yeah, an ID. How old are you? I'm uh, 39. I have to see an ID. We're just going to have Cokes, that's all. That's all. Yeah. They forge the IDs. I've been thinking about that, seriously. Okay, now of what entertains. Then going back to what I said of... Uh, how much exposure you've had. Doesn't make you hip or square or highly intellectual or lacking intellectual capacity if you don't understand a joke. Because if you haven't been exposed to it, what do you got? Okay, I'll show you a classic example. Joke. Uh, not joke. Funny joke. Like Kennedy cannot make the acceptance speech. He's got a virus and they got about a half hour to go and they're just flipping out. Sorry. I know a guy in Boston who's a ringer for him. Paul, get him here right away. And the only trouble is he's a burlesque comic. He works real toilets and the... <laughs> All right, get him anyway. Dress him up. Now the guy is frightening to put him. He's a real ringer, you know. Does he drink? No, it's a little speech. He'll memorize it and that's all. Can we trust him? We'll kill him right after the show, man. That's all. <laughs> all right, that's all right. Make it. So there are six real heavyweights are holding their breath there, you know. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Thank you, Ambassador. Before I introduce my cabinet members, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to give you my impression of Clyde McCoy. <laughs> funny, right? Funny, yeah. Only funny. If you have been exposed to that many toilet comics, and Al Jolson, but to perhaps a capper astrophysics major, nuclear fisherman, has been, what is so cute? He doesn't even know his structure. What is funny? Because he hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't, as they use the idiom, dig, you're not aware just that you haven't been in that certain area before, you know. You just won't know about it, you know and will leave you cold. Now, my humor, I dig first recall. I like abstraction. I can't be ponderous. People say to me, how come you don't do all the bits and the records? Well, here's a classic. I'll give you an example. You're over somebody's house, right? And then a guy comes in. He goes, the funniest thing happened, and he tells you a story. You just crack up. Boy, beautiful story. Very funny. Now you're having coffee. Another guy comes over. And he goes, hey, you want to hear what happened to me? Blah, blah, blah. And they crack up. Now, a third neighbor comes in and already, why doesn't he stop already? That story, one story happened. And about the fifth neighbor, you really get drugged with him, man. Tells the same story. You see, he's corrupt, man. He's not funny. I could tell a story now. 
Why doesn't he stop with that boring story already, man? I was going to tell a story, I'm going to the other room, man. I'm not going to leave us a story anymore. Yeah. So that's it. If you dig hearing the same thing, go by your neighbors, man. But uh, I can't. As soon as it becomes repetitive to me, I can't cook with it anymore, man. And anything becomes a bit, uh, you know, if I do a bit tonight and then tomorrow night, it gets polished, polished, then I start to cook with it, man. Uh, and then it's always with the area that I'm concerned with. Integration, that's a real thing with me. They won it. Martin Luther King, heavyweight mine, cooked with it. Right? The election, I was very involved with that scene. Kennedy, did you take the parade? You know, it's a beautiful thing I saw. They're in a real long shot, and they're touring. Huh? So now the wife is doing the same person. So now he takes the silk hat and he puts it on, and you see the wife, she goes like. She didn't see the hat. So I knew what happened. She looked like a schmuck with that hat on. To go. Of course, huh? And I said, well, that's really beautiful. That's why I, that's why I voted for him. Not that he looks like a schmuck with a hat on, no. I voted for him because uh, he's dimensional, man. That's somebody, a president that's real, because for him to help me, he has to know about me. He's had to heard the joke before. He has to relate to me. If he, I'm going to see a child born in the White House. So there's obviously a man who will be concerned with children, with education. And President Eisenhower, we've always had grandfathers in the White House. Now, grandfather will spoil my kid, but he will not instruct him. And that's the only thing that's cooking. And Kennedy is, I couldn't see President Eisenhower kissing his wife. Not on the mouth, anyway. <laughs> Definitely not. But, yeah. right. Now, another aspect of humor, which is really dumb cliche. 1951, I won the Godfrey Show, and I did the Robert Q. Lewis thing. I did a lot of television about 1951. And the comedians of that generation would tell me, Lenny, you're going to go a long ways, because uh, you're, you're not, you know what it is about you, you don't have to resort to filthy toilet jokes. You're a clean comic. And the cliche, which you've heard millions of times, has been anybody can get a laugh on a dirty joke, but it takes a brilliant mind to get a laugh on clean jokes. And you have to resort to dirty toilet jokes. And then I really felt good, and that's right. After, but I started thinking, how dirty is my toilet, man? Yeah, how dirty is your toilet? What is that hang-up, man? That you even have to resort to it or not resort to it, man? Your toilet, man. Guys who do... You know, I don't take jackpot at all. But it's the first time I identified when you had that dopey two-holer. Yeah. Now, here's what I will object to. For my taste, it's not, there's, no, there's not a bad taste concept in toilet joke. It's just that it's trite. It's been done. Whoopee cushion, American Legion, whom if I get it, man. That's another generation. Which spells out beautifully the bigot that I am. Because when I look out to an audience, all I got to see is four Shriner pins. <laughs> I really prejudge them. I said, I'm not going to relate to them, you know. And it's the same concept as over 40. If you ringside here are like 55ers, I say, oh, I can't talk to you that way. How can you talk to you? When you're 55, all I can say is, to, I had enough to eat, thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, you know how you relate to somebody 55. Are you kidding? I said, if I was hungry, I'd eat someone, thank you. People 55, can I have some water? No, the water's broke. What is broke? <laughs> so that's why you can't, just can't uh, cook with them at all, which I know I am prejudiced. When I intellectualize, I know it's, but then the emotional factor comes in, man. Like when I first started, 
working clubs. I had a fantasy about nightclubs, you know, Eduardo Sinelli. You know, the nightclubs were all George Raff to me. You were girl singers did one number and split, you know. So when I went to a nightclub, I, figured, I was really drugged, like, oh, there's not even a men's room attendant. How can it be glamorous to go to the toilet for nothing? When I went to be, like, Dooley Wilson will be there. Every cook can be glamorous. And then, like, I saw like, a men's room with, here's some poetry I wrote, take men's room. Yeah, yeah, there's always those dopey poems for toilet connotation. But here's some, I think, some beautiful poetry. Well, I wrote it, of course, it's, I think it's pretty good. Dig, men's room, uh, two kids, maybe there, you're in line, and there's a kid seven years old and a kid nine years old in a men's room that these two kids are in awe and reverence of this place, this men's room, for the first time they're in a place that their mother can't come in. Not even for a minute, man. What a place to be in, right? How come your mother can't come in? She just can't come in here, man, that's all. Not for a minute to get anything. Because your mother's a pasta, she can go anywhere. She has to tell somebody they have to come out. But she's not allowed in it with all the guys. But I can, yeah, that kind of yeah. Now, what happens is like, clubs, well, mostly on the road kind of scene, are like a great recall for me for first time out or clubs. Owner will see me on the coast, right? At the crescendo, there's um, Paul Newman with some pretty chicken. Arlene Daw with a new wave rider from Algiers, and he sees me really cooking and relating, you know. So he goes, at the show, he goes, listen, I got a little club. Uh, it's not like here, but you have a lot of fun there, and, uh, oh, yeah, and you'd really do good. There's a lot of hippies in town. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And you have a lot of Dubol? Oh, no. Uh, not at all. Is it American Legion Post? No. But it's funny you should mention that, the Elks meet there. Oh, oh no, I can't make it then. Yeah. No, you like it, and it's, it's funny if you need the bread, you make it, you know. And here's a weird kind of scene, because you walk out, and look at the people and say, I've seen them before, these faces, but I've never been in East Liberty, Pennsylvania, man. But how come I know the faces? And I know I know the faces. These are the Grey Line tours before they leave. <laughs> That's where they live, the Grey Line tour people, man. Just sitting there, right here. You want to dig, is this weird why a show would be held up, the dinner show? The jello's not hard yet. That's a wild reason. Okay. okay. Do the show, and it's a bomb, man. Yeah. Real stair jobs. Like, in disbelief, like. Then the kid, what's that mean? What's that mean? What's that? What's, I don't know. What's that mean? What's that, what's that schmuck mean? I don't know. Shut up. I'm trying to listen to him. What's that mean? I'll tell you what's that mean. What's that mean? And those are the kind of towns where, where, like, schmuck doesn't mean schmuck anymore. No, it doesn't have it. It's lost through you. It's like, like, goddamn you don't mean goddamn you anymore. I didn't curse you. I didn't damn you. Through usage, damn you has no. So the same with schmuck. Those people say, hey, you better say schmuck in front of a Jewish person, boy. They'll really get mad, right? <laughs> right? In that dopey humor of, hey, go up to Mr. Johnson and say you want a can of schmuck. And the dopey's go, I'm a can of schmuck. And ah, get it, damn it. Don't mean that anymore. All right. Now, First show, complete bomb. My concept of a bomb is if I throw out maybe a hundred things to get laughs, if two miss out, then it's a bomb. And then yeah, three, then it gets to be a big hole. And okay, now after the first show, the owner goes, uh, listen, uh, did, how come you didn't do the stuff uh, like I saw you at the crescendo? Well, I did some of it, man, but I really, listen, you know, I, I, listen, you know the religion stuff. 
You know, you and I know it's a lot of horseshit, but you know, these, these squares, you know. Okay, now you see, it's already, it's, a, it's now into the fifth show, and my name is getting smaller in the ad, and dinner $3.25 is getting bigger, you know, and... And then it ends up that the owner's introducing me, you know. Folks, before I bring our star out, uh, why, you, know, you know, what the hell, a joke's a joke, right? And, uh, <laughs> I mean, he kids a lot about religion, you know, and uh, lesbians and dope and uh, politics, but what the hell, yeah, he was in the, in the service for three years, and, uh, yeah. He, now, Dig, he gets walkouts. On the introduction, he loses 40 people, you know. So then the other monster's coming. So again, this relates to exposure. If I did like obvious blatant, like faggot humor, like, Ooh, then it would say like, uh, how do people in these towns know about faggots? How? Well, because of comedians. Like, who are the transvestite comedians? Uh, Milton Berle, heavyweight transvestite humor. Yeah, Berle was the one who schlepped the faggot out of this craft ebbing seller and put him, gave him like, he's humorous to faggot, but don't trust him because I swear I'll kill you. Give him a spritzo there, you kicked. <laughs> so they're all hip to faggots in these towns, right? But they're not hip to dykes. <laughs> huh? Idiomatic for lesbian. How come they don't do any dyke jokes? Maybe the comic of that generation was not hip to butchers, man, but uh, there we because maybe dykes are stalkers, that's why. If Lee Mortimer closes the butch bar, pow, belt him. They got the sweet or gown on, and that's it. So consequently, in these towns, lesbians get away with murder. Because the townspeople, hey, Al, how are you? Townspeople are not aware of them. The top comment you'll hear, there's a chick with a real severe Mary Estes hairdo, right? Leather zipper jacket, army shoes, you know. The top comment you'll hear from the residents will be, uh, that Mrs. Anderson, boy, she's a real tomboy. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. She can hit a ball just like a man. I'm hip. Uh, what does Mrs. Anderson do? What's her uh, vocation? She's a Girl Scout master. I figure so. Now, mother's born in 1900, about, yeah, 1900. Those mothers, Jewish mothers, Italian mothers, are never hip that their sons are faggots. <laughs> out and out, screaming faggots, the mothers are never hip. A friend of mine, this is years ago, this guy's such a faggot, he's a truck driver. <laughs> now that's so in and out, that's hairdressing, interior decorating, he's driving trucks in. And he doesn't even bother like with, no affectation of pastel colors, berets, he wears learner dresses and <laughs> corrective shoes. And, now, he lives with his mother for years. Real orthodox Jewish woman with a shirt the whole bit, right? The mother's never hit. Years and years and years. I didn't see these people now for 20 years. They went to Miami. They got some income property. First in Ocean. Good address. Um, that is really schlock town, First in Ocean. That's where the dog track is. I figured that would really a way to make Miami cook. You know, that the dog track replaced the rabbit with a couple of old Jewish women, you know. There goes Rifke. Ah! Running in the... The dog's chasing it, but really good, yeah, very bizarre kind of a, uh, Now, he's down there with the mother, right? Haven't seen him in years, so I'm gonna look him up. So I look, he's got his address. He cut his name out of the phone book, it's hippie. Ronnie Nadel. 
he comes to the door, he's got an anime Wong dress on. He's out of it, so he goes, oh, Lily! Just about to put something on. What are you going to put on your schmuck? I know you, man. I talk to my mother. Dig the mother. Label, you won't believe something. I'm going to tell you something about running now, you won't believe. And I go, oh, somebody copped out, man. Uh, what's that, Mrs. Nadel? You're not going to believe it. Ronnie still didn't get married. Oh, what a shock that is. How about that? Mm. I'm and he ain't got a quarter yet. You know how good night shit he is? Every night he's always bringing home a sightest man ain't got a place to sleep. Oh, it's wonderful. I said, let him get shine to the US. I'm like, schlepping marines and sailors. He brings them every night. He's so good-hearted, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't appreciate it. They punch him, they steal his rings and his cufflinks. Don't tell me no. I don't hear my, all right. But he loves Halloween. I'm hip, yeah, puts K. Francis hats on, yeah, yeah. That's really like a mama's heart's kind of concept. Yeah, yeah, homosexuality. Okay, abnormal in the classic sense of the word of abnormality, why, out of step. Yeah, because they're a minority, definitely. Yeah. If you're all faggots, then it'd be cool. It would be contemporary. But the fact that there are less faggots than not faggot, but they should really redefine the word homosexual. Yeah, make it more definitive. Because they, homosexual, I'd assume, is anybody who's ever been involved in any homosexual act. Oh, then that really, that's a beautiful generalization. Because yeah. I assume that you're all faggots then. Yeah. Because the old cliche, there's no such thing as being a little pregnant, that's it. Because men are carnal. Definitely. You put a guy in the joint for 15 years, he'll shtup anything. Mud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys are haze, that's it. Now, you take this guy out of the joint, then if he relates already looking at guys, Tachas is then already a loser. He'll, he'll uh, I assume, go back with chicks and say, but in the joint, then he assumes, and yeah, definitely. So then, he is, then we are sometimes homosexuals. All of us then. Because even if you ever did any prison time, if one time in your life you ever had, I don't care if you're five years old, happened last year, a scoutmaster, a gym coach, going, ah, oh, you got nice legs, honey. <laughs> That's it, man. Yeah. So you really have to, you know, reevaluate that word. Although then again, no, I think that scene always went down, yeah. Because like every chick here is the word pervert, man. Perverse. I assume that every chick here has been involved with a pervert. What semantic? That's a heavy word. Pervert. Were you ever the pervert, you Mrs. Knafko? No, I never. Yeah, she was. Because that uncle, when you were 11 years old, what nice little apples you got. What is that? What are you kidding with that? <laughs> Grabbing your knobs when you're 11? Is it a twist, though? The fact that you're genetically related doesn't absolve him. Hey, you're really getting big. When that's all right, he's always touching me. It's on your mind. It's all you think about now. Good, you're a good twist old pervert, your uncle. Yeah. Grab her, yeah. Now, the beautiful cliches such as, what was that a good 20 year ago scene? Oh, yeah, that was all the humor. A Frenchman. He's a French lover. Everybody fresses today. Everybody's a lecko today. That's the sexual aspect between men and women today. It's not involved with plain old shtupo. There's other things about. Now, so another generation who was like, I wouldn't get, it's a nasty thing. Yeah, it was then, because then Kirkman's so brown, soap, 
chicks were not kissy with Howard Johnson 27 flavors of douche aspects. So now it's a kissy, cute thing. It's, it's chic, it's contemporary. But then I mean, you know what that guy does? He's a mustard. Emmett Smith. That's what he does to get his women. He's a lecko. Okay. But then when you're father, then you're, then you got, did you have, yeah, Fresno, yeah. Everybody's a Fresno, yeah. But that generation, man, no. But maybe they did something. It was a Zugnish kind of thing. Yeah. Change. Okay, I weigh 150 pounds. Today, this is correct. Good taste, today. But 20 years ago, I was in the back of the magazine on the beach. I was kicking sand in my face. Yeah, yeah I can. That was. This 20 years ago, forget it. Why don't you put some weight on you? You look like a consumption, but crazy. Your father, man, is a man's got a gut. That's a man with a big pusto. Not today, man. He's had it. Yeah, but he may come back. Of course he will. I'm a definite conformist. Yeah, otherwise I would have thrown that tie away with a horse on it. Why'd I throw it away, man? Still good. Because I was out of step. I had to throw it away. Man. I was kind of schlub say, I'm not going to be a slave to fashion. You sure will, man. You'll hold on to that brown and white shoe scene with a double-breasted suit. And when that single breast came in in 1950, no, I'm going to wear the one-button roll. I'm not going to... I got five suits and Buddy Lee's and that's all I'm going to wear. Though. I'm not going to change. And yeah, all of a sudden you're ridiculous with that suit. When it gets to bonds, you've had it. When Ripley starts to cook with it, then it's for falling. Yeah, yeah. And anyone is definitely rationalizing who says, uh, all beauty is eye of the beholder. Not so. You have, from motion picture, been brainwashed. I've been. I assume you've been. A certain face you'll buy. And any chick who comes out with an ear growing out here, you're not going to tell me she's beautiful, man. Interesting face, yeah. <laughs> but as far as being horny looking, forget it, man. No. Conversation piece, uh, can do jokes with her. Yeah. Have headaches? No, I'm deaf now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but as far as really being, so I figure, what could you do to get a good composite? What is beauty to you? To build a girl singer, a chick that would come out, the most jaded Colin Arthur Geld from the New York Times. Alex Freeman from the Inquirer. How was your week? And they've seen everything, man. It's a dick chap, Newsweek. Now, chick comes out that makes you all go, look at that. What could you, gown they've done, hairstyle they've done, voice they've done. What kind of a chick? That any kind, even the gray line tours, the chicks with the, all dressed up with the high necks and the broken out backs, man. <laughs> chicks who come out who have those wrist corsages. Yeah, the dial is gone, man. That's when you know you're really rich, boy, when you can throw away that red velvet box that the Longine Whitnauer comes in. Yeah. Just throw it away, man. Because cufflinks and collar stays are out, so what's it going to do? You can sleep in the button basket. Yeah. yeah. What would I do that would really make you all look up? Chick comes out in a gimmick. Hair under arms. <laughs> Think about it. Hair under her arms, man. But you don't give it away right away. <laughs> no. There's a couple of ballads. <clears throat> guess in real time. Guess who I saw today, my dear. And they're eating. Also, Mama Freddy. What? 
Did you see? See what? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's the lights, I think, in here. Oh, no, now she really got this guy pinned. So the owner sees, look at that. Look who's looking. He never looks at any. Pops Whitaker's really pinning her. Yeah. He's really looking now, right? But now he's waiting for the flash again, but no, she really curls it. A couple of ballads and walks. Now all the columnists start talking to her. But they, they talk to her this way. Gee, you're very good. Uh, and they try real trick ways, like, where's the dressing room? It's over there. Uh, and the owner, what's with it? They're always after her, and they're, they're talking to her, and they, their heads are always like this. And now they come back every night. She does it once or twice a week. Okay. I think, okay, okay. Put your arms over, there it is. There's what? That chick's got hair under her arms. Ah, uh, you're out of your mind, man. That's disgusting. It's a terrible taste. Well, I thought that the first time I thought I saw it. And I went home and I just, uh, I've been back here six times this weekend. You don't know what her Elisa was to see her do that, man. I just never thought she'd do it again there. But she's really got a bush under there, man, I tell you. Now, when I first went home, I said, that, I can't believe that a contemporary woman, it's disgusting, it's in horrendous taste. But then I started to think, is it in bad taste from a theological concept? Is it blasphemous? Is it against God? No. Is it hygiene? Certainly not. No, it doesn't relate to hygiene at all. If it related to hygiene, then you would have to be consistent and shave the eyebrows, the head, the schmushki, the whole bit. So it does not relate to hygiene at all. What does it relate to? Style, that's all. Custom, style, fashionable, that's all. It only relates to fashion, that's all has no other, that's the validity in a fashion. All right, now, but to have the chick come out with just hair under arms, the viewer would not buy it because they would say, anybody can do that. It has to be a wish I could, maybe, I, but this already you can do, right? So you have to give it some style, cut it a little, close, keep it low on the back, and give it some form, man, like it. Maybe shave it, give it like a, a pyramid, like, like that. Seven chickens and the guy goes, hey, does she got a hair and drums? Yeah, but it's different. It's, uh, she takes care of herself. Yeah, you buy it. Sure you buy it, definitely. Yeah, that would be your beauty kind of scene, yeah. Now, like with the beauty, album covers, we really went through a nay-nay scene, yeah. Here's a classic example, by the way, of semantics, of no dirty word at all. Yeah. Uh, Las Vegas, that's the big daddy, that's a heavyweight word. That represents Americana, as far as stardust, the biggest attraction. So if we are pure, and those are our sense of values, and like, there was a stamp out smut, uh, you're about, and which is correct to worry about your child, those are the formative years, what he sees, everything I am, I am part of what I have seen. And this is nothing with any analysis or psychology, just logic. When they run up the flag, why do sometimes in the movie the music swells where I go, mm, because of recall. One time that impressed me, because when they run a washcloth up, I don't go that way. Yeah, this means something to me, sometimes it does. Yeah, that's why, the flag. Uh, those are bats. Permit me to save you. You'll get fed later. But if they really came out, you'd really flip it. Okay, because of 
exposure, too much exposure, this has lost all impact, definitely, for me. Yeah. Uh, from being exploited, prostituted, yeah, from people using it as a coffee table. Yeah, from people, you know, who hid behind it, you know. I am good and pure under the American flag, I saw. Yeah, so then it's, it's I sort of, it lost it for me. When I found out that Mount Suribachi was posed, I said, oh, they're weird. Yeah, that's right, what a putz I am. I started to take pictures myself. Yeah, you get five guys in the frame that artistically, of course it was posed. And I said, oh, well, it's a flag, and it's, uh, what does it represent to me? And uh, that's it. And there was a time when uh, this was a weapon, too, boy. Oh, yeah, a flag was like, uh, if you ever were like a little outspoken, you know. Yeah, he's stepping on this. You know, like, oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't bother. That was like the, the blacklist concept. That was a beautiful thing, like communism. You're not getting anything to eat because of that. Thing. That was the last vicious thing you did, and you'll rot in there. And there's so many necks to kiss that you're not getting it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Communism, okay. I don't think communism because, well, first I'll tell you why capitalism is the best. It's free enterprise, right? Barter. Gimbals, if I get real rank with a clerk, well, I don't like this, and I, how I can resolve it if it really gets ridiculous, I go, friggin' man, I walk. What can this guy do at Gimbals? Even if he's the president of Gimbals, he can always reject me from that store, but I can always go to Macy's. He can't really hurt me. And communism is like one big phone company. Government control, man. And if I get too rank with that phone company, where can I go, man? I'll end up like a schmuck with a Dixie cup and a thread. That's all I've had it. That's why the yeah, capitalist system, the best system, man. Yeah, grooves it. But I'm not going to buy any time for Radio Free Europe. Freak that. What are you? Yeah, disc jockey, and that was the coasters on the flip side of two up and two back in the holly gully. And how bad do you hate communism? Why don't you lay some bread on us in Radio Free Europe? Because I have nothing to tell Europe, man, at all. All I can tell Europe is that uh, this is my country, and uh, I dig it here, it's good to me, and there's no right or wrong. I don't give a shit about that. That's mine, that's all. I'm not going to moralize with you. Communism cooks for you solid, man. But I'm not going to try to free anybody. Not when the governor of Georgia closed the schools. No, I can't. I can't tell him. What is that? It's dopey talker. I can't. Yeah, okay, Again, not right or wrong. Cooks for me. It's my school. Yeah. All right. Getting back right to the Vegas shtick. Okay. No. Oh, yeah, the stamp out smut. Okay. The dirty movie for your child to see? The dirty book in the schoolyard? Or Psycho? Okay, what goes on in Psycho? We have uh, Tony Perkins, a psychotic misogynist, kills a beautiful woman for no purpose, stabs her. We show method, blood down the drain, and then method of disposal of the body. They really get ponderous with it, wrapping in a shower curtain to the swamps and zump. This is not against the law, and I never hear the postmaster getting, why, that's bad for our kids to see? No, it's cool. Now, what goes on in the dirty movie? The 16-millimeter reduction print that you schlep from large hall to large hall. The dirty movie that the Kafalva Committee destroys and then recreates for private parties. That dirty movie. Right. What are the couple doing in that picture? Any communist propaganda? 
anyone getting slapped, any violence. What are they doing, man? That's that offensive. From artistic concept, yeah, trite, no music track, forget it. <laughs> but opposed to a killing, a blatant deterrent to life, what is that couple doing, man, that could get a judge that forbidden with it, man? What are they doing? So the values are for children to look at. Killing, yes, but stopping, no, man. Uh, <laughs> but if they ever see any stopping, they may do that someday, man. And uh, what'll happen then? Uh, yeah, how you see your kids? I suppose they'll hear that. Uh, well, if they don't hear it or don't see it, it should be like a Dear Abby thing, you know. I'm really going to get you depressed now for a minute, but I'll cook out of it. But I really want to lay it home hard here. Dear Abby, I'm a girl. I'm 14 years old, and uh, I really come from a good religious home. And my father really gave me a good upbringing. And once there was a guy in the subway who said something dirty, my father punched him in the mouth. And I always never, it was never, and once my brother had a dirty book, and well, he really brought us up good. And there was never any dirty words in the house, and it was really pure. And, uh, and naturally, because there was no dirty words, I couldn't, uh, uh, couldn't talk to my father too much about anything about dirty words related to. And why I'm writing this letter, because the super it was mad because I left my skates in the hall all the time. And he cursed at me, my father beat him up because he used dirty words in front of me. And anyway, uh, I met this boy this summer, and I fell in love. I got in trouble, and uh, I died this morning of blood poisoning outside of general emergency because of Zagunish, man. Yeah, because your kid can't talk to you at all, man. How, the, well, I was going, how are you going to tell him, Bleh, and then, Bleh. no, man. That's what the values be, man, that you can never relate to your mother or father that way. Because they know, because of religion, how dirty that is. Because every religious leader is above those physical pleasures. That low carnal lust that is in men. Some attain that spiritual scene of celibacy. That's what a good religious leader is, a celibate. One who abstains from all, is that pure? So if he is there, then you are involved with that, are lower. But someday we'll be good enough to stop doing that dirty thing then there's nobody going to lay any bread in that poor box. Yeah. Well, I can't buy that, man. Because that's a paradox. That's what I am here for, to recreate. And if I think it's dirty, forget it, man. I'm really going to try to be cool and never do that dirty thing. But they are inconsistent. Because when we go to Las Vegas, we assume then the postmaster, pure, pure, well, that's got to be, they have to be the passion play. They have to have a Monet exhibit. It has to be the purest in Las Vegas. But what is the big attraction? Tits and ass. <laughs> what's that? Tits and ass. That's what's that. Uh, just tits and ass? Well, it could be an Apache team in between for rationalization, but basically that's what it is, man, tits and ass. Well, that's just one hotel. Give me the second biggest hotel. More tits and ass. And the third, that's it. What do you mean to tell me Life Magazine is going to devote three full pages to tits and ass? Yes, right next to the article by Norman Vincent Peale and Billy Graham. Well, that may be all well and good, but you just can't put tits and ass up on a marquee. Why not? Why not? Because it's dirty and vulgar. That's why not. 
titties are dirty and vulgar? No, it's the words, the way you relate. Are you sure it's the word, not the titty that's dirty to you? It's the words, all right? Suppose we change the words to tuchuses and nays. Well, that's a little better. That's interesting, you're not anti-Semitic idiomatic, you're anti-Anglo-Saxon idiomatic. So why don't we change it, very austere, Latin. Gluteus maximus, pectoralis majors. Act about the cleanest. Clean to you, but dirty to the Latins. Or just code it and put T and A up there, man. Well, you can't put pits and ass up in an RK. Give us all right, something contemporary that's been done before, then. That'll be clean, though. Okay. La Nouvelle Vague. La Parisienne. Follet. Oh, good. French tits and ass. That's art, and I'll buy that. That's cool. Okay. That's not dirty. It's not vulgar anymore. And then I'll have what is contemporary today in a lot of Japanese nude shows. That'll absolve everyone politically and spiritually, because who but a dirty Jap would shut her ass? <clears throat> we'll get the Norman Luboff choir to sing Remember Pearl Harbor. Mr. Miss America. Hmm. And then we'll just on and on and have what is right today in Las Vegas, Sahara. The most American girls in the world. American tits and ass. Grandma Moses tits and Norman Rockwell's ass. And soon they'll just have a big nipple up on the marquee, man. Be a nipple missile and Harpo Marx will play it. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Yeah, like I, yeah, you can't do anything with anybody's body and make it dirty, man. Just, it's illogical. What can, how can you be dirty? Yeah, it can kill you. And you're dirty. Chessmen, Hiroshima's dirty when they're dead. And it's not mobile anymore, then it's dirty, but forget it. Now, from the religious aspect, okay, what are the two in religions in this country that really cook the most? Christianity, the law of Judea, right? Now, Christ and Moses, and although they did, uh, his mother and sister did get leprosy. Saw the film. Has he been her? If I'm picking it. <laughs> That's it, right? Don't pick it. Right. Stop picking, you're going to get leprosy. It itches because it's getting better, but don't pick it. I'm picking. You're picking it? You're going to pick it? You're going to pick What are you picking? I'm picking, I'm picking. All right, you're going to keep picking it. And you know why they got leprosy, Ben Hur's mother? Because they didn't put paper on the seat. <laughs> hey, it's old dopey old bubba mice. Didn't put paper on the seat and they got leprosy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'd assume, right? Disease, we'd have to say, is like a, completely the cure must be indivisible. Right? Disease is disease, right? It's a deterrent to the community, that's the end of it. If we have a graph here and we say, okay, these are two heavyweight killers of no specific cure. Um, hepatitis, leukemia, tuberculosis. Hepatitis, tuberculosis, no pill for it, no. No specific cure, just bed rest, that's all. So there's no cure for this disease. But here's a disease, it's a heavyweight damage, big deterrent, where there is a cure. Two days you can wipe it out, but yet it's a big problem. Why? Because people, shh, don't even say that. So the United Fund, when they came to the door, you didn't say, uh, just a minute, I want to talk to you. How much of my buck is going to the clap, mister? <laughs> or maybe you did ask, you know. If you didn't, you were doing a disservice to that buck. 
Yeah, because it's a crippler, man. You gotta ask. And maybe next year, Jerry Lewis would have a, it's a muscular dystrophy, a clapathon on television. <laughs> and wipe it out completely. Or maybe you're of uh, that sub-intellect that feels, uh, well, I don't talk, talk about that because only bums get that. Are you kidding? Who gets that? But bums and communists and beggars and thieves. People of any spiritual aspect. They never get that. The 18 million war heroes that got knocked off with it, of course, uh, I don't know how they got it. Uh, yeah. Purple heart guys, yeah, heavyweight. During the war, heavy disease. Uh, still, every community. But they can't. Mm. So it would be great with the chicks with the bridge tables and the cans outside of Lindy's. Don't have to clap. It'd be big <laughs> Because again, relating to your children, when they get it, oh yeah, well, we're going to get it. You're definitely going to get it. Yeah. Because this is no group uh, that we won't get it. Yeah, you'll get You'll get everything. Yeah. But when they get, then they're not going to go to the family doctor who brought them in the world. They love. Dr. Wyman, I got the clap for Get it. Yeah. <laughs> Not only they can't, they relate to the doctor. The doctor, if, if you didn't know and you came to him, he's not going to cop out. You know. Even with some chick, like Mrs. Schreiber, you got the clap? No, you got a little nonspecific infection, a little discharge, and uh, let, me give you, hey, let me give you a vitamin. So what, you a little penicillin? Pow, pow, pow. Let me cop out to her, yeah. Now, you got it. Kids got it. He's not going to go. I'm lucky, he's not going to go to a doctor. He's going to go to a chiropractor if I'm lucky. Uh, he'll end up going to some schmuck who sweeps up a drugstore. Not even a druggist. Hey, uh, Billy, uh, can I you'll mop later. Can I talk to you for a minute? Uh, well, come over here. Listen, uh, I got the clap. And, uh, yeah, how'd you get that? Uh, from painting a car schmuck. What's the difference? I got it, that's all. But, uh, so what do you want from me? So I want some pills. All right. Here, take these. Dexedrine. <laughs> that good for the clap? Yeah, same chazer I take it. All right. Yeah, yeah the reason I want it because I don't want to get laid off, you know, in the plant. We're having to get in time and a half now. Where are you working? I'm still working on meat packing plant. <laughs> don't say anything. What I say anything about anything? Oh, yeah, do you mind? All right. How will I know if I got rid of it? I don't know. If your knees don't swell up, you don't go blind. I guess you got rid of it. But I don't say nothing. I wouldn't say a word. Would I say that? Buddy, just burn the towels and you're cool, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Again, relating to theology. And then it relates again to the flag of just the same laborious, ponderous chairs they'll lay down and tell you things that you know, obvious things, you know. Yeah, gotta be a religious leader who will get out there. This is this. Are you a Christian? Definitely a Christian? What's a Christian mean? Well, that I, I'm as much in his image as I can be. Okay, yes, beautiful, because Christ was a delight. Oh, Moses, just beauty. You know. If you are like them, then that's it, man. Then I love you, because then I know you'll relate to everyone the way the Christ and Moses that I have read of. That Christ and Moses that would just... How would they relate to... Any school scene, Christ, but children, that's a, come on, that's relating, just pure love. Yeah. So Christ and Moses in heaven, I don't know where it is, I know it's not up there, because I believe that the earth revolves. Yeah. 
And sometimes you can go to heaven at 12.07 and go to hell at 6.30. Good great name for a book, right? Hell is to the left. Yeah, maybe right now, yeah. So, okay, now Christ and Moses look at the earth and they say, well, obviously the book is bombing down there. Gideon's just shoving it in motel drawers and that's all. <laughs> Through usage, yeah, it's lost impact. Is that, give us this thing out there like, yeah, usage becomes trite and like, good night. It doesn't mean good night. You know, the guy said good night to me, isn't it? No, it's, it's, it's really a contraction. Good night, 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 good night. Thank you? Does thank you mean, oh, thank you? If anyone ever said thank you to you, really, oh, thank you. Tuckus looking, get at it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so again, the Bible, usage, usage. Do a rewrite on it, definitely. It's about time for that. Yeah, certain things are complete superstition, have no validity at all in the Bible, man. Yeah, they're just the antithesis of everything that is correct intellectually. But some of the basic things, heavy, beautiful. So they'll make the earth. Let's see, Christ and Moses come down, Saturday, shul day. Synagogue day, right? Let's make all the shuls, right? Second Avenue shuls, um, real shuls, shuls that the gypsies took over. Because it was storefront synagogues. Now the gypsies are cooking there. Are gypsies too much, man? Whew. The gypsies are like, forget it, eh? Did you ever really know a gypsy? None of you really did. No, you know them, but not really got down with them. Yeah. The gypsies and Siamese cats are asses, man. It's, yeah, you can never really cook with them. Don't let the door open, that's it. No. Don't let the cats out, they're going no. And gypsies, like income tax men, do they ever bother with gypsies? No. They see that store and they go, hey, the satin dress and the kids running around. Yeah. They're very esoteric people. Yeah, what's this? Yes, census takers are gypsies. Yeah. Anyways, your stories about them. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, that would re that's the epitome of funny. That can make a gypsy violin laugh. Yeah, it would really cook. Yeah. All right. So now, yeah, we go to the West Coast. See, there's all kinds of shuls. Like, did you see the Sullivan show that had um, Salminio on it? What was he doing? That's Salminio reading the Bible. Luther Adler. And What's that nut doing, man? I think he got really, it got even too heavy-handed for Sullivan because he copped out later. They, they got like Salminio is reading the Bible. Then it should be said. I'm looking at this. It's very strange. Huh? Now Sullivan comes out and he goes, yeah. I don't want uh, people to think that the, this reflects the tenor of Exodus. Uh, what he was telling the people is it's not that dull, boring crap in the Bible, you know. Ben her stoops Esther a lot. There's a lot of tits in the picture and it's really horny, but don't. That's what he said. He said, you know, people get the impression that it's really, that's what he says. It's dull, like, yeah, but, yeah, Songs of Esther really haste you. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful part of the Bible. Okay. Right. West Coast, Christ and Moses will make reform shuls, reformed rabbis. So reformed, they're ashamed they're Jewish. And they got a different sound. Is it typical Reformed rabbi sound? Service, right? 12.01 Saturday night. Many should be said that the children of Israel. Ha ha, Israel. Where is Israel? Is yonder Israel? Out quench on flaming your sight candle, Israel. 
That is the Israel of Chabelian David and Ruth and Sherlam and Joy. Oh, Rabbi, that was a beautiful speech. Thanks a lot. You like that with well, the top of my head. Oh, yeah. All right, now, Sunday. Christ and Moses fly to New York. Transcontinental, $88 to Chicago, $30. Right. All right, now let's see what they would make. They'd probably make, they said, what's playing at St. Pat's? Oh, good double bill, Spellman and Sheen. That's okay. Oh, Mr. Spellman, oh, Mr. Sheen. Okay, now, Christ and Moses are both possessed humility. Why? Wisdom. That's it. Anybody who is secure, there's never any hostility, because he's cool. Anyone who is above you, even, they know. So they just stand on the back of St. Patrick's, and they'd listen, look around. Cardinal Spellman would be relating love and giving and forgiveness to the people, and Christ would be confused, because their route took them through Spanish Harlem. And they would wonder what 40 Puerto Ricans were doing living in one room. This guy had a ring on it, it was worth eight grand. And he would wonder at the grandeur. See, why aren't the Puerto Ricans living here? It's clean and nice. What does it all mean? And, what? and they'd just be shucking back and forth and talking. And maybe Bishop Sheen would see them back there and run up to Spellman on the lectern. Psst, I want to talk to you for a minute. Well, you go back to the blackboard and stop bugging me now. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you. I've got a customer in the back. All right, put the choir on for 10 minutes. What is it? What is it? You'll never guess who's here. Who's here? You're, gonna, you're not going to believe me. Um, you're going to think I've been drinking. All right, who's here? Christ and Moses. Are you putting me on now? I'm telling you they're here. Are you sure it's them? Well, I've just seen them in pictures, but I'm pretty sure it's them. Uh, <laughs> Moses is a ringer for Charlton Heston, and I'm sure. Hmm. Where are they standing? In the back. Don't look now, you idiot. They can see us. Christ and Moses, both of you. They're way in the back. Did Christ bring the family? What's his mother's name? Um, that's weird. I read the book today, too. I'm so nervous. Uh, Mary. Uh, Mary what? I don't know. Mary, uh, Mary Hale? No. Uh, Hail Mary, Mary Hale. Hail Mary? Harry Mary? No, I don't know what that looks Oh, yeah. Hail Mary, oh, Hail Mary full of grace Thompson. They're very thick with the DuPonts on a Montauk point. But they're back here, yes. All right. All right. Uh, if this ever gets around now, it has. Oh, Christ, don't look in the front door. The lepers are coming. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, sir, uh, would you take the bell off, please? Thank you very much. Uh, Wait, mister, will you pick up your leg, madam, your nose, your dry, thank you. Uh, I, I, uh, they got Sophie Tucker with Moses posing. Take that Hebrew national banner down. <laughs> Mr. Jess, will you get off the Madonna? That's not a stat. All right, give me a direct line to Rome, quickly, Rome. All right, hello. John Fran in New York. <laughs> Listen, a couple of kids dropped in and, uh, yeah, you know them. Well, I can't really talk right now. Excuse me, hello, we're from Newsweek, and we want to know if they have State Department clearance, and is that really them? Uh, well, I'm, yes, it is them. Sonny, get off my hand. Yes, that is them, dear, yes. I don't know if they're going to do any tricks today. I don't know. Yes, they can fly. No, Mary Martin isn't God's mother, and get the hell out of here now. Hello. 
Ah, uh, you know them. One kid is, uh, well, I'll... With a cross of bop-bop. No, not Zorro. <laughs> Damn, that's right. He brought a very attractive Jewish boy with him. Oh, he got to do something. Well, I don't know. I can't put him up at your place. No, I didn't paint or anything. Oh, I got a lot of kids staying over here. Look, what are we paying protection for? That's right. Just get him over here, that's all. Yeah. I don't want to hear about that. Look, all I know is that we're up to our ass and crutches and wheelchairs. Is that good enough for you? The place is ridiculous here. Yeah. Uh, they're in the back. Way in the back. Of course they're white. Yeah. 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 This is New York. Puerto Ricans stand in the back. That's right. I don't know, which ones are they, Sheen? The ones that are glowing. Yeah. Uh, when I related to Puerto Rican, I dug like a funny thing of recall. Uh, did you hear the tune uh, up in Spanish Harlem? It's so pretty. I heard a tune. It's a rock and roll tune. For years I've been a jazz buff, you know. Now I got on a rock and roll thing. Yeah. But is it rock? Two guys that stole a leap. They did like, yakety yak, don't talk back. You know those cats? Well, they, I assume, wrote the lyrics to Up in Spanish Harlem, and it is so pretty, man. Take something like, Up in Spanish Harlem, there's a rose that's so sweet, it grows up through the concrete, man. Hits on the run. To, it's like a heavyweight lyric, man. really beautiful. And I started thinking that the Puerto Ricans. They'll have their porgy and bess, and to all the sewers that they're going through, they'll have that culture. And from decadence, beauty does come. But I started thinking now, when the Puerto Ricans come into their own, who's next? <laughs> That's the last one. No, Africans, no. You can't become definitive. Color's color, and they made it, and that's it. <laughs> so there's nobody. If the Venusians, if the next planet are not scufflers, we're screwed. <laughs> That's it, man. There's nobody left to schlep around anymore. Because I, it's amazing how, yeah, semantic, equality, equality. So we hear it and we hear it. So who suffers then? Status symbol, a waiter is on the low rung of the freedom bell, man. He rang it last. A ring rang do? Well, what is that? That's a, the waiter, man. Yeah. A truck driver, a iron worker, has some status symbol because Richard Conti and John Garfield once drove the truck. <laughs> but the waiter, no, he's always says that be all sorts. Never get shut up. There's no haste waiter in a picture. No, he's always there. Will that be all like, get out of here? Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> so the waiter, Scrive Kwandariv, he's had it there. And now with equality, no one wants to wait on you, man. Listen, just because I'm a waiter, I'm not a servant. Of course you are, schmuck. You're a servant. You are serving. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to be a servant. I hate being a waiter. I'm not a waiter. You're kidding. I got $40 shoes. How many think I pay for these shoes? I got a better car than he's got a better room. His pants cost $80. So. Yeah, who wants to go like that? Yes, sir. You want to go, yes, sir. Look at me, because that's what it is, and the whole world is. Look at me, Ma. Look at, look, watch me, Ma. You watching me, Ma? Look what I'm doing, Ma. 
That's what it is, man. So waiters got screwed in that transition period, man. They're like, they're waiting on you, man. So they've got bugged out, man. Now, the Puerto Ricans, they come into their own. Who's going to be the busboy at Ratness? In an intellectually equal society, who's going to be a busboy? Forget it, man. I'm going to schlep your dishes, man. You better really pray for automation. Yeah, because we'll all each a beautiful equal. I'm not going to shovel snow. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. Who's going to do it? Zigazent. Yeah. Okay. I like to write, too. So I knew that I would forget. I would get home and I'd say, oh, I went to the television system. I'm just going to read you verbatim. Something funny. And it's the truth, it's not a makeup thing. I'm in Western Union, and I'm gonna send a wire, I'm sending a lot of wires out, and all of a sudden I said, I'm getting hung up with 10 words, and trying to, it's funny, you schmuck, you make a lot of money, but so brainwashing, you remember 10 words, a telegram, you can't fool around, I tell you, then I just wrote volumes of telegrams. I really got nuts with it, just books of telegrams. So I wrote a telegram to my mother, they, Dear Ma, I'm sending you a telegram so that you will see that they are harmless. <clears throat> when you open them, they don't have to say, Jaime is failing at Beth Israel. <laughs> Remember, a wire can be wonderful. Rhoda gave the whole base of disease, go be nice to people. <laughs> Just threw that good abstraction in for it. Okay. okay, here's another funny thing. I really like this. A guy laid this on me when it was legit. He got a thing for the income tax, your internal revenue. So that's the thing, they want to get up some bread. Gonna... So I said, give me the letter, you finished with it? Yeah. So what I did was, which you won't be able to see. Under their writing, I laid some typewritten matter. I added to it, too. And then you hold here, which I'll put in my friend's name, whoever it is, and photostat it. Because I know, like, if any one of you gets a letter that says, U.S. Treasury Department, internal revenue, oh, you don't even open the letter, man. So it's no fun, you know. It's not, it can't be. No, no, there's no fantasy of we're giving you a lot of money back. No, it's serious. Eternal revenue. I okay, so open it up. Okay, now it says, you are requested to confer with me for the purpose shown below at the time and place indicated. Please present this letter at the time of your appearance and bring any documents or any other information that really make it very amorphous, right? Very general. Any other documents, anything. In other words, really letting you wide open. Whatever else you stole from uh, so. Yeah, because it really... And any other information which you... But take this wording they use. Which you may believe may be of assistance. Which you may believe, right? Ah, yeah, if you think you can get away with it. Anything else that you need, like a tank you can bring down here, or a dopey, raggedy mother going, eh, fine, kids with sores on their legs, anything. Anything you want to bring down, Jim, because we got a file and a big pencil, this allowed, this allowed, this allowed. Yeah, we got a lot of time, and you hear all those wives' tales, yeah, man, they'll spend a million dollars getting a penny back. Oh, God, you heard that all your life, man. 
Don't really spend thousands of dollars just getting a nickel, okay? You better just shut up. What do I do? I'll go down here and I'll just be cool. And I'll bring a lawyer. And if they bring a lawyer, they'll know you're crooked. Okay, well, I don't know what to do. What did you do? I don't know what I did, but I must have been bad because I'm always bad. Yeah, that's right. That's why when a cop pulls you over, when that red light hits you, the most legit citizen goes, Bleh! Yeah. Do you know what you did? No. Yeah, but when a cop pulls you, any one of you cop... Uh, <gasps> and you always have Walter Mitty fantasies, and I'll say this when they come in. Uh, they just get fumfuck. You know what you did? And they throw real trick things. You made an illegal left, right, and snurpy out of the lane, and you go, all right, all right. Yeah, they just throw words at you. Okay, I made a legal left, and he just sign here. Okay, I know. Yeah, we know him too. Just shut up and stop paper. So that's kind of scene. Okay, now dig what I added to the thing. Please present assistance in resolving this matter. If circumstances make it impossible for you to keep this appointment, please advise me promptly and then into my ship. Please advise me promptly. After all, we're human beings like everybody else. A buck is a buck. <laughs> At least you could have had the human decency to send up something, a dollar, whatever it is, instead of making an asshole of me in front of the whole department. Very truly yours revenue officer. P.S. You guys always cry in the blues. You ain't got, you ain't got. Meanwhile, that Nafka wife of yours is going to Miami every year. And that schmucky half-wit son is driving around a Lincoln. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's a real personal get it up. Yeah, now dig what a laugh this brings. First it brings a laugh of, oh, it's fake, oh, God. It's really, yeah, I'm not going to jail, you know. Then the, the other aspect of it, yeah, I really like that. Because it's a beautiful cliche of, of a first-generation American trying to be literate, you know. You could have the human decency, you know. Why don't you be a civilized, decent human being? Yeah, they really learn, but they script the idiom. Huh? What do you want me to do? Get down on my feet and kiss my knees and get up on my heels? They just throw it in, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to talk about it. Yeah. Here's, a, here's, a, here's like a real Bronx mock trying to be literate, right? Yeah. They find words like, boy, you're terrific. Terrific was a very chic word. Boy, you got a terrific personality on you. Boy, you're a terrific showman, I mean it. They really lay on terrific. Boy, you're terrific. You can show the best of them, boy. You really can. Yeah, terrific, terrific. Okay. What else do I want to show? I have some other goodies. Oh. What if Shelly Berman's in here? He goes, whoop, he comes up. <laughs> Did you see him on television? Did, tap dance. He was really cute. I Did you see the show? He was dancing. Then I saw something. I said, I really dug it. And I said, sure, that's what it is, man. There. I am an abstract, I'm a reflection of probably everything I've ever seen. No original concept. This part of Burl, this part of Yama, just ding, 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 just. Because I saw Shelley, and he was tap dancing. I said, oh, I love it. And I said, oh, I've seen that. Where have I seen that? Oh, I saw it like uh, 30 years ago when another performer who was known for just verbalizing, that was like the humor I could have. A John Barrymore, who's a shape. Then all of a sudden we see him hoofing it. Oh, hi, you can tap dance. And yeah, that was the first kind of thing of, oh, they can do something else. And it just, he hasn't got the skull. Alas, Richo, Yorlico, Horlick. Yoo-hoo, you know what a yoo-hoo is? America's favorite truck and favorite favorite drink. And Yogi Berra drinks that presto chocolate, rusty water from the sink. <laughs> yeah, what is that, right? Choco pop. You always think it's good for you, it's chocolate milk. But now milk is bad for you. Yeah, that's another thing, the way to start transition. You're okay, you know what they're doing? First, meat and potatoes, a lot of meat and potatoes. Back to the chef. Want to get something? They don't want potatoes. No, 
I don't know. It's a nagashik that I want on potatoes. Well, yeah, potatoes are good for you. No, some schmucks are ain't good. Yeah, it's fried in grease or some dopey thing. They'll eat. Okay. Want to eat the best yet? They want a salad. A what? I don't know. A salad. Okay, yes. Now, you know what? No meat, no, just a salad. Get out of here. They just want a salad. How can they live with just a salad? I don't know, man. It's just a salad. That's all they want. Yeah. Now, no meat. Get out of here. Emmis. It's got chlorophyllester of something in it. Yeah, change, 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 yeah. Now milk, you know, well, of course, I milk for 10 years, been getting stabbed. Mucus-free diets and phlegmo. Ugh. Go and drink milk. Milk is good for you. No, it's not. It's not good for you. You've been lying all these years, Ma. It's bad for you. And spinach gives you cancer. <laughs> no, you get spritzed anyway. Yeah. That's why you're all fresses, but you're all... Verbal, literally eating food because of eats all on a plate, conditioning. Eat it all, eat it all, eat it all, and then you just keep eating it all now, just eating it all. Now, I don't eat it all. Now you're all taking pills. But everybody here doesn't think you're all taking pills. But anyone who's got stock in Squib or Park Lily or Smith Klein French knows they're dropping them by the thousands. Yeah. Because then the status of all drinkers, right? Starker, virile man, two-fisted drinker. That guy can really belt a man. Goddamn right, he can drink it about. He can stand up toe to toe, and that's a man, and that's a man. All of a sudden, no, that's not a man. Now the styles change. He's a drunk. Yeah, motion. He's a drunk. I'm not a drunk. I'm not a drunk. He takes pills now. That's what he does. He's a junkie. <laughs> this generation is strung out. What's Milltown? What are you kidding? What's Milltown? Sedate, knacker, flunk, surpassal, dexmil, percodon. They're all out of their cook. Doctors are all the women strung out. Yeah, the difficulties get longer and longer and longer. Yeah, my period is a semicolon now. And now with no punctuation, I'm just knocked out all the time for pain. Once every four hours, once every two and one hour. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. And soon, of course. This status symbol will be, they'll be on a whole different high, of course. Yeah. But they'll escape and rationalize their escape. Yeah. He's not a mensch, he needs a crutch. Yeah, schmuck has to drink water to exist. Uh, can't do it all on his own. Okay, now, I'm gonna tell you a beautiful joke. But if you heard it, then you'll dig it. But like the Kennedy, here's another joke that just did me in. And to me, this is very poetic, because Joke telling is not my stick. And I'm going to leave you with a joke. I'm going to tell a joke. And then at the end, I'll, this one guy's going to jump out of the balcony. I don't feel sorry for him because that's what he wants. That's the guy really does it, right? Would that be a jaded audience? All right, come on already. He's supposed to jump already. Do the jokes. And they know already, right? It gets to be a word of mouth thing. What is it? He tells his jokes, and he's going to tell a joke, and the guy goes, don't tell it. It's like a hell's a poppin'. Mrs. Kahuka, who whatever the guy yelled, you know, with a flower pot. But this guy does a good bamp in the balcony. Yeah. But we have to hope that he hasn't been drinking. Because he misses, he misses where he's supposed to land, but does you win. <laughs> I wish you could see how it looks from here. First, I got a Lincoln recall right away. 
Yeah, that's the first thing I got. Like, I figured getting shot, you know. Yeah, if you're paranoid, you're screwed in concerts. Yeah, if you've got any persecution going, yeah, well, just one nut go, and a silent toe, too. Listen, and I, and he's, ah, he's doing one of his schmucky bits, but he's not getting up. So Don Friedman goes, you're too close to the mic. I'm laying there. Down. Get up, he won't get up, he won't get up. Yeah, get on that kind of thing. Then I get on a, a burlesque house. What a burlesque house this would be, boy. Because balconies, all the strokers are always up in the balconies. Yeah. All the news and mirrors are hiding that Petsy. I gotta tell you, think that this is beautiful. Now, this is a quote verbatim. Remember the name so you don't think I'm doing bits with you. Uh, Judge. Oh, this is like too much. Judge Albert Saperstein, this is Miami four days ago. Two guys, two faggots, got 30 days apiece. The charge isn't as much as the end result. Uh, for, at the Mayflower Bar for kissing and dancing with each other. Now, I've heard of faggots, but like dipping at the bar and dancing. But that's not the human, dig the humor. Albert Saperstein, the judge, said, quote, I, re I realize this is a medical problem, but I have to establish a precedent at the beginning of the season. Is that beautiful? Serious? You can kiss all the petsies you want in July, but don't fret in February. Is that what, that's what he said, man. Eh? Kiss it off season. That's what attractive summer race must mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was serious. Yeah, beginning of the season. Got another hour, Vildo, and let's swing with it. And that's all. Yeah, yeah burlesque kind of thing. Did I, once I made that top balcony kind of scene. Don Friedman. Or one of the bookers. What does it cost to make the top scene there? The people who put on this show and exploited those people up there, that's really a zugnish that they won't come under the line. Yeah. Well, you were starting the paper. What did it cost up there? Don said five opposed to 40. 275, yeah. No, you've got bread today. I can't buy that. I can't buy it. Yeah. We're living definitely flamboyant times. When that guy wouldn't fly me in the ice and snow, then I know. Yeah. You've all got money today, but it's relative to how much you've got. That's why. With cigarettes, you see cigarettes laying around now. You can pick them up somewhere, man. Give me a cigarette. Well, I didn't open the pack yet. Oh. Do you know what flamboyant times are living in when you'll turn down because it's not a filter? You know how rich you are, man? That would be a joke. 20 years. I know, I want a filter. I want a what now? Yeah, we're rich today, man. Then it becomes relative to how rich we are. So I know we got a lot of guilt though today, man. The only way I could have got down here when they saw the snow and sleet, I just figured I'll get a postman to bring me. So I'll be screwed. I'll put a stamp on my head and take it. I gotta get there. Special, special delivery. Special. I mean, all right. I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know why they brought this here. That's a whole symbol, right? If another generation, that's all that's left of pictures of guys going, I don't know, it's a thing they talked in their fist. 
I got a phone. Yeah, talking to her. There's a phone. Yeah, they'll really be screwed when, yeah, when the telephone company now has that kind of a phone. Hello, hello. They'll be old timers. Oh, it's over there. Okay. I can't. No, I can't hold it. Well, I'm used to going like that. I can't help it, man. You just got to talk that way. What do I think of my contemporaries, right? Okay, more talk. Let's me laugh. My ass off. Okay, why makes sense? Okay, again, I hear people say, uh, people just laugh at more to be smart. No, you can't laugh at anybody to be hip. All laughter is involuntary, man. Try to fake four laughs in an hour. Ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! I'll take you away, man. You can't. They're laughing because it's funny. They have had the exposure in the area that he is satirizing. If you have not, you cannot say that no, they're just laughing and be hip. No, he's talking in an area that he cooks with and they take. Because he is a humorous cat, man. That thing he did with Kennedy, man, on his television. What were you doing tonight? We were sitting around reading the Constitution. My wife is knitting a flag. What is that? Man? That's funny. It's ludicrous. Yeah. Why I dig him is that he also comes up with some real profound things. Like he says, like, his humility is the worst form of ego. It's just so hip and really beautiful. Because it always is. It's got, yes, sir. They're going, thank you, yes, sir. There's not that kind of humility. Uh, let's see, who was it? Bob Newhart, he's starting to cook now. Yeah. I show him in Sullivan's show. When he first started that bit and he did a thing, like, uh, he went, well, Bob, you had a request to do this bit. And he went like a thing of, uh, yeah, we, they requested the same bit in rehearsal. You saw the show, right? And he was having fun with it. And I said, oh, boy, he's really cooking. And that living. And now he went into the bit and he went into the toilet. Because he wasn't happy with it. He said the bit so many times. Uh, it's not the truth anymore. No. But Shelley, um, Shelley don't make me... Uh, he entertains me, but don't make, he hasn't, he's not silly enough for me. Now, he and I both work Chicago. Chicago is so corrupt, it's thrilling. Oh. Yeah, you get stalkers there, boy. Guys who, dig how they dissolve partnerships there. Okay, one guy, they got rid of one partner. He drowned. Uh, no litigation at all, man. Guy drowned, a good swimmer, couldn't get out of the car. Huh? Now? Yeah, no onion skin stapled to a blue thing, surrogate, no. Okay. Now you get five guys sitting ringside. See, I've worked about every bust-out toilet, you know, West burlesque gates, and the so-called avant-garde nightclub, so I can sort of pin people, you know? And these guys are stuck as they sit there ringside. And they talk while you're on. They sound like tape backwards. Mishnah's givers and Nas Rup. Mishnah's left, Mishnah's Rup. Mr. Schwartz, this is Mr. E from Toledo. Get some scringios out of the kitchen here. I made the sauce. Fangula the marmalade. Come out there, child. Okay. Now, if I'm working there, they say to me, What kind of a comedian is Lenny Bruce? These guys are talking. Why doesn't he censure them? No, not if you've been around. You look at that, put them in pass, man. Yeah. Yeah, these guys can yell anything. Get off your fruit. God bless you, Rocky. Okay, folks, here's another bit. And, you know, forget it. These guys could throw up on my pants and I'd pass. Yeah. Ha ha, he's so offbeat. He threw up on me. Very hip. Okay, bye, bye. Yeah. 
But Shelly, don't know, man. He's on. He's wailing. And these guys are talking. Hmm, that's right. Get Leon to the phone. I tell you. Suppose Leon comes right out of the phone. I really like that. And he's got, that's good luck. And fresh Hmm. How's the matter with you guys? Why don't you shut up and get out of here now? Nazgul is not fretting. They can't hear him. Lucky for him, I tell you. Well, they can hear, physiologically they can hear him, but psychologically it's impossible that he would talk that way to them, so it's a big old cutoff. They didn't hear it. But who talks? Is it? It's like someone runs up to you in the street and goes, I'm going to twist your nose off and I'm Santa Claus and I'll ride a duck and go to the moon. You go, I don't know. You don't hear that. So it's like, it doesn't make sense. So you wouldn't even hear it, right? So that's kind of a thing. So, Nazgul, What's the matter with the management here? Why doesn't someone throw these hoodlums the hell out of here now? Now he should know it's a dangerous table if he sees all the waiters have disappeared, man. And like just the owner is sticking his head out of the door, waving, going, no! Forget it! But he's zinging away, then maybe Shelly Lou will get through with the line these guys here. Unfortunate for him. I'm fed up with you guys. Where the hell did you get those white shirts? In Sicily? <laughs> These guys, they do dinosaur takes. <laughs> Forget it, that's like all over. Yep. That's like Screve Pondereve. They do like, they, go, they do Jose Greco on his face. <laughs> Luck show punim. Okay, so Dick. Okay, here's a joke I'm going to leave you with. Uh, ha ha, dig up there. We're all getting operated on. Did you ever get operated on? You? Did you ever? Oh, Emma's. On operating table. Why don't you take a weird thing happening? I laid a bike down, motorcycle, you know. So I laid the bike down and I got like a thing on my hip here and broke a piece of bone. Then it got loose. Then it started bugging me, it started working. So, so like last Monday, I was in time, the cat said, okay, you're going to operate on me and take the bone out, like the little piece chip. Whew, take that scene. So I'm on the operating table and they give me a local kind of thing, see? And then something that you hold over your face and you breathe it in. Now, Dig, you go out, but you can still hear the doctor. Now, Dig, I put it on my face. I go, now, I see the doctor there. I see the other doctor and the nurse. And I go like, and I just breathe it. And I went like, goodbye, you know. Like, I'll see you. But Dig, when I said goodbye, right as I said, I said, oh, Christ, what if this is goodbye now, you know. And I just had the real bam, bam. And now, all of a sudden, do you know how, like, the cliche, everything went black, you know? But you never do see black. But I definitely saw the color image was not hallucinatory, but perhaps it was hallucinatory, but it was black. Black and like a wave, boom, and it hurt. But the worst hurt ever I felt, it was like, I can't explain the hurt. It just like, it was, uh, if you put your finger in a socket, that kind of one time, but it was that continual thing, man. And I said, oh, Christ, now I'm going through this thing. It's hurt me so bad. And I said, well, that's what this is. I get to put you out, but you can still feel, and if it's going to be this way, man, 
Well, maybe I'm dead. Is this what, oh, Christ. And is this what death means, that it hurts this much? And it's going, mm. You know, I just, I don't remember, I just took it, and I'm trying to yell out to him, like, it hurts me, man. And I said, wow, did, man, did you, um, and now he's cutting, see, and he's saying, just put it back on, Lenny. I said, no, I can't put it on, man. I put it on, Lenny. Now I'm drunk, because he must think I'm with euphoria, I'm out of my nut, and I'm going, like, dopey things, man. But I am thinking succinctly, and I can't put it on, just put it on, Lenny. Don't fought me off like a kid, man. I'm not going to put it on. I can't. Not a psychotic. It hurt. Put it on, Lenny. Now, I do what he does. It's a weird thing. He gives me like a real, ah, a kvetcho. Ooh, see, so, ah. He says, if you just put it on, it won't hurt. See? So I says, am I getting any psychotic? Because this guy actually doing Sure he's doing it. Because then already, like, the other, he gives me another, fuck and, and I go, ah. And the doctor, my, my doctor goes like, Dig, is that beautiful fee splitting? My doctor was there. I just thought of that. For what? He was there to get his taste, of course. So my doctor saying, be good, put it on, put it on. Like, you don't even know, put it on, just says, put it on. Don't put me on, no, just put it on, put it on. So I realized what it is. See, the doctor doesn't know. Uh, he may think, there's probably some, see, I think very, I have a very logical mind. I know that the cat... I will do disservice to myself if I move. So no matter how much it hurts me, I will cool it. You know? But I guess they're on nuts who pow, punch them. So they don't want you involved with it. They just want to knurp you out while I cut away. I said, I can't put it on, man, but you just wail and it'll be cool. Don't worry about me. So, so I said to the doctor, I said, um, did, you hear, what did, I, did, did, did you hear me yelling at you? Uh, no, I, I said, what's the first thing you heard from me? You just said, you said, wow, man. Now, out of context, I sound like an idiot. You said, wow, man. So if you write that down, it has a schmuck relate. He goes, wow, man. What does wow, man mean to the doctor? He's, you said, wow, man. No, I said, wow, man. That's what I said to you. It, uh, I said, is it, what could that be, that hurt? Have you ever made that scene? No. Why don't you make, just make it once for me, man. I want to... I'll give you an extra taste. <laughs> Just breathe. I want to see what, because I want to know if that, what's it called? Trionone. Trion. Is there a doctor here? It was, it, is, well, that's probably just a trade name. Like if amphetamine has a million trade names, so it's a trion. But if you can maybe, what? Is it in any way a hallucinatory? Yeah. Oh, so that's what I had, like a hallucination. Oh, but it hurt. Boy. No, huh? That's it, but no, no. He's a good twisted doctor. He's knocked out. I, I, yeah, well, I guess everything's different. Yeah. Doctors like, always will be there, but not because of motion picture, but because of craft. 12 years. 15 years, man. So, yeah, that's another thing. Just doctor was sweating now, you know. Because he was involved with my scene of saying, I'm not going to put it on and me with my doctor. So he was sweating. And then all of a sudden I looked and I said, this doctor, if I'm him, I charge whatever I want to charge. I charge $2,000 for that. And that cold. Because can you do a schmuck? That's all. Just that cold, man. And when it goes already to cutting you open and life-saving bits, 
then I want all the bread. I don't want, I want in front. Yeah, no Rachman, it's one of you poor crap. I spent 15 years learning this stick, man. You're gonna operate? I don't care if you burst out, Jim. I want the bread now, in cash. I don't want no checks, no chachmas. Meet me tomorrow early at five o'clock now. I want the bread now, I'm not gonna make a move, and that's it. Because I realize, and this is a highly specialized craft, and he deals with the commodity that you can't buy. That's it, man. And it's the first time I got there. And I looked up, I said, that's it. Even though it was a minor kind of thing, it's still a, a mysterious kind of thing. Yeah. And then later, I was really embarrassed that I even bugged him with to put it on. I shouldn't even told him what my, because he's like working away in some schmuck Put it on, put it on, because he has to make quick moves, suits open, digging, looking at that dopey piece of bone. Then he gave it to me. Those are, those are the kids here. I'll put another pill on, I'll wake up a frog. I'll kiss it and put it in, you get Hanukkah money. Look, Mima, what's that? I don't know. If I'm riding a motorcycle, Dominic, pow, get another bono. Okay. I'm really digressing. Okay, the joke, okay. And it's the funniest thing, okay. Leave you with this, and uh, I won't have any bow music. Just choral group. And I'll just float off, okay. And I'll come back with a thing and put it on your face, and it'll hurt you too, like it hurt me. All right. <laughs> what if I did? I just put There's guys behind all of your seats going, ah, I tell a funny, a schmuck, right? Be some Behind every seat, there's a tingler that does like that to you, and a joy buzzer. Okay. The joke. Airplane. Guy is in his seat, zonked out. Sleeping. Fly open, completely exposed. Schluff. All right, next is a guy reading the paper. Looks over and he pins him. Stewardess. Yes, sir? Some gum? No. Uh, I like a, a pencil and paper, if you don't mind. Yes, sir? Dear sir, I'm seated across the aisle from you. Your fly is open and you're completely exposed. I know this note would avoid any embarrassment. Yours truly, Frank Martin. P.S. I love you. Lenny Bruce. Lenny?